welcome to the Across the Pod NFL podcast. We now know which two teams are going to face off into Bowl 57 in Arizona. It's the Kansas City Chiefs facing the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday, February the 12th. To review the conference championship games, I've got me a returning guest. You may well know him from previous episodes, including our Viking season preview. Back with us is Vikings fan Lewis. How are you, mate? Yeah. Yeah, all good, mate. Great to jump on with you again. Yeah, great to have you on. It's, um, you know, shame both us that, you know, both our seasons were ended in the space of, you know, four hours on that wild card round. But I think we can both say that we had somewhat of a good season, albeit I know we both wanted more and we both were probably expecting more, especially during the season. But I think we can both, and going to the Vikings especially, I think you can still be happy with the progress uh, your team made this season compared to the uh, end of the, the Mike Zimmerine. Yeah, I, I think um, both the Dolphins and the Vikings had similar seasons and they're at a similar point in their kind of um, progression. The only difference being obviously Miami as the younger quarterback, but both new head coaches, fresh ideas, things like that. And it's all looking promising going forward, I think. Yeah, yeah, and certainly I think for once you can't really blame Kirk Cousins for a playoff loss. I think that the defence for me was the biggest issue I found coming out of that game. Probably all season long we look at the uh, loss to Dallas in the regular season and the loss to the, um, the Eagles in week two. I think that that's a big area that you guys have to address in the off-season. And I think that um, certainly the offensive side of things, I think there's certainly no complaints with that side of the ball, I think that side of the ball has been fantastic. I think Justin Jefferson is in the MVP nominations for a reason. Kirk Cousins had a brilliant season. I think Thielen days might be getting less and less, especially with the emergence of Osborne. But I think that um, overall the offense seems fine to me. It's just the, uh, I think the defense, that particularly the secondary, that probably needs a, um, a bit of a look at in the uh, off-season coming up. Yeah, it seemed like... Um the Eagles kind of bullied us and then it sort of levelled out again before gradually just getting worse the whole year um, on defence, especially the secondary, like you say. And whenever we was hit with a significant injury, like when Dalvin Tomlinson went down, Cam Dantzler went down, Harrison Smith missed the game, there was nobody to step up. So it's more depth as well. And there was a few times where um, Ed Donatel, bless him, his sort of defensive play calling was brought into question and rightly so that's why he got shown the door I think yeah I think that it's um you know it's gonna be an interesting off season coming up for the Vikings now we're gonna head off to the game reviews so the obviously the first game we found was the Eagles who demolished the San Francisco 49ers and it was a pretty one side of the fair as the uh, Eagles did win by 31 points to seven. I mean, obviously, this takeaway from this game was not so much the Eagles' performance. It was more the injuries that occurred before tonight. Tina already had, you know, Trey Lance and Garoppolo out injured. Brock Purdy, also the story was, it's irrelevant. Came in off back of an injury to Garoppolo, had a great nine, ten weeks, whatever it was. But obviously, he suffered an injury, which you know, has been reported today and yesterday, that this injury may well last till the whole next season. So... Um, you got to sorry for him first of all, but in terms of the that loss of the 49ers, would you have any is it just complete sympathy for the 49ers, or was it anything in this game that you would say 
Aston Walls is just the fact that injuries were such a big a big factor in this game. So, with the 49ers, right, so Brock Purdy's um, torn his UCL completely, which is the inside of your elbow. So there's no, there's no wonder he could not throw a ball, mm. right? He's looking at six to nine months out with that. It's similar. It's like almost like your ACL, but of your arm, right? Um, Josh Johnson is a career backup, a journeyman for a reason. He's shown that. Unfortunately, he went down too. But they also had two injuries in the same game to Nick Boza, who's had a phenomenal year. Fred Warner missed a few snaps on the sideline, a little bit banged up, because the Eagles team is really tough to play against. Now, I think it was a shame that we never got to see Brock Purdy give it his whole game and his whole chance um, against the Eagles, but that Eagles defence is just super tough. They was on it from the get-go, weren't they? And it is a shame for the 49ers because they're so close to being complete and maybe if Trey Lance never went down early in the year, things could have been different, but we'll see next season, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a team that I think even if the 49ers were at full strength, they may well still lost because that Eagles team is absolutely um, fantastic. And I want to talk about one player in particular. I mean, Hassan Reddick had 16 and a half sacks in the regular season, you know, playing for a team that was with number one overall seed, you know, and obviously was one of the best teams in the whole season. And the fact that he wasn't, in the years he isn't in the nominations for defensive player of the year. This has gone to the Chris Jones, Michael Parsons, and um, Nick Bosa. Is this perhaps the the most the greatest season to be overlooked in terms of these kind of awards? Because I can't think of a better example. Because you know, um, you know, it's not like he's got these numbers with like a team who's got five wins or a team that maybe just missed out in the playoffs. He's playing for a team that you know was number one seed for a lot of the seasons. So when they were voting, the Eagles were definitely a team that were number one seed, you would think, in the NFC at that point, or if not second seed. And for him to get completely overlooked when it comes to these awards, I mean, what would you put it down to? Why is he being so maybe overlooked by um, by people despite his numbers? So the, the, the theory I have, right, and there's a classic example from this actual game against the 49ers, the whole Eagles defensive line has been fantastic. They struggled a little bit against the run the first few weeks, uh, first 10 weeks sort of of the season. They brought in um, Ndamukong Sue and Linville Joseph for a bit of depth, a bit of experience on the interior. Now, Hassan Reddick had another great game. He had two sacks, um, another two reps as well, where he smashed past his blocker. Didn't quite generate the pressure, but he had three other pressures on his 14 pass rushing snaps. Now, the reason why it's overlooked, or maybe not overlooked, but not realized as much, is Javon Hargrave on the interior. He won 50% of his 12 pass rushing snaps. He generated four pressures as well in the same game. So it's not just Reddick for the Eagles, it's someone else at the same time is stepping up at the set. And that's the only reason I sort of think he doesn't stand out as much as a Nick Bozer, a Micah Parsons, sort of, because he's, although he's the star, there's other players there that can do the same. Yeah, I think, I think you bang on. I think that's a really good point you made. And looking now at the, I mean, there's the stats of the Eagles and I don't think I've, I mean, I could be wrong. I don't think I've ever seen this where there's four 
players on this defensive unit which has double digit sacks. So Reddick leads away with 16, and then you've got three players on 11 in Hargrave, Josh Wett, and Brandon Graham. I mean, it's, I mean, even Fletcher Cox has got seven. It's just, I mean, this is why I, th- I, I mean, obviously, I'm going to go on to my prediction for Super Bowl, you know, come next week. But I think, look at strengths and weaknesses. And I think that the Eagles particularly have a lot of strength. I can't really see many weaknesses really in, in this defense, especially in this defensive line. I think it's absolutely frightening. And I think that it's, um, that may well be the key when it comes to the game against the Chiefs. And I think it's, um, you know, it is a fantastic game we've got on our hands. And I think that it's, I think we've got the best matchup, I think, personally. I think that it's the two best teams, two number one overall seeds as well. I think there's not many weaknesses to both teams. And I think that we have probably got the best thing. I mean, it's um, also to go and quickly to offense before moving on to the next game is that catch from Devonta Smith in the in the first half or the first quarter. That was just, I I mean, that's just, that's the moments you want it and you want these moments where, and that's why you draft him so early to to do things like that. I mean, how good was the catch that was that was that from um, Devonta Smith? Yeah, it was outstanding. It was up there with um, Justin Jefferson's from earlier in the year. Obviously, OBJ's. I mean, it's not far behind them, really. Supposedly, it could have got called back. Um, I think I read afterwards. But I'm, I'm not. Either way, the, the the catch was stupendous, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think that's you no. Know, in terms of you know, if they go on to win the Super Bowl, I think they're gonna look back at that catch in even more high regard. I mean, it's there's been some great catches in in the season and this in this postseason, but I think that for me might well be the standout. Unless I've forgotten, you can look at maybe George Kittle's catch against the uh, Cowboys, but I think that catch for me was just. It's just fantastic. And I think obviously they won the game, which helps. And I think it's just, yeah, that was a, a brilliant, brilliant catch. Uh, but we'll move on now to the other game, which saw the Chiefs narrowly beat the Bengals by 23 points to 20 in a fantastic occasion. But sadly, it was overshadowed uh, by one I mean, talking about, which has got the whole talking this last few days, is the officiating. Um, there were some pretty bad calls in this game. I mean, it's um, I don't think I've seen many worse performances from officials in any game. And of course, you know, going into the aftermath of this game, of course, the main sort of trending hashtag on Twitter and the main talking word people believing now and it's getting it's getting more and more, I think, as the years go on, um, is the fact that people think the NFL's fixed. I mean, me personally, I, I don't believe that that at all. I'd like to believe it's not fixed. Uh, I do think that it is just human error. Uh, but what's your take? What's your take, Lewis, been on on that? The fact that how, firstly, how bad the officiating's been in that game, and really the whole season, but also um, whether you think the NFL was fixed. So after watching the Vikings the whole year, we obviously was notorious for winning one score games and close games throughout this year. But there's a few games we did lose where you've even the Buffalo game that we won actually, where you look and you think, wow, we we had 12 people on the field against us the whole time, not 11. Um, and I'm I'm sure other fans of other teams think the same thing, but obviously I primarily watch the Vikings and. It, it was no different. It was like um, Mahomes had a, a, had a few fans on the field with him 
throughout that game. And you just have to feel sorry for Cincinnati, really. But they still had chances as well. Um, they was down on the two-minute warning and, you know, things could have played out differently. But I read a thing about the NFL being an entertainment rather than a sport type thing. And it's, it's interesting, isn't it? But I, I wouldn't say it's rigged. No, I agree. Um, yeah, I, I remember seeing something about that where legally they can, you know, they can alter the outcome. And you know, no, I can definitely see the, the people's point of view. I can definitely see why they would, you know, um, think this. But I just think that when when you see the players' emotions, when you see, you know, how you know the basic reaction steps, everything goes on. I just don't believe that. I think if it was fixed, we wouldn't see, you know, these these reactions. I mean, look at the WWE. I mean, that's obviously well known to be a sport that is fixed, but at the same time, these are people who do go on to be actors or who really are actors. And I think there's a difference between them. They know how to act, whereas I don't think footballers have ever been, you know, maybe the odd few would, maybe like a Gronk or something would be, or Brady, but not many NFL players are really built for acting. And I think that if it was to be fixed, we wouldn't see the reactions we see from some of the players and the coaches. Um, yeah. But of course, moving aside from the fixing stuff, you know, all the fitting, I mean, the game itself, I mean, you have to praise Mahomes so much in this game. I mean, I personally mentioned it many times that after I love watching him play. And to, to do all this, you know, with a high ankle sprain, I believe it was, you know, it's an injury that I've been told that people should be out for weeks with. And he's come back a week later or eight days later. And, you know, whilst, you know, we weren't seeing vintage Mahomes in terms of, you know, the plays we used to seeing him play. But at the same time, this was, you know, a game that we all look back in in years gone, in years to go, years to come, where, you know, people look back at that game and think, a bit like Michael Jordan with the flu, people will look back at this game and just think, how the hell did he get over that and play to a good level? Um, for me, I think that is one of the performances of the season from a from a player. Yeah, it was the same for him in um, the Super Bowl against um, Tampa, right? He was dealing with um, some sort of sprain. I don't think it was a high ankle sprain, but he was dealing with a sprain of some sort in one of his legs. And with, with his uh, presence and getting out of pocket and scrambling and still making plays... Although he's not a pure rusher like your Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts type player, he still relies on his legs a hell of a lot. And to put in the performance he did, which was better um, statistically than the game against Jacksonville, you you got to take your hat off to him, haven't you? Yeah, and you really do. And I think that actually, I will say that I think him and Josh Allen are actually better runners than Lamar Jackson. Like because I think whilst Look at it, you look at likes of, you know, Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson. I think they're obviously much faster, and I think they're better runners in that sense. But I think on the other side of things, I think they know how to use their legs more. And I think that obviously they've also got the arm to back it up. But I think that sometimes you can look at at Lamar Jackson, look at Justin Fields, particularly Justin Fields, where sometimes you think they're almost running too much. And then sometimes they're almost like a mistake waiting to happen because you know that it's they're much more likely to lose the ball or get injured. But I think that. Mahomes and Allen, particularly, they know when to stop. They know when to go out of bounds. They know when to slide. And I think that that's why Mahomes, to me, is the best pullback in the league. I think he can do stuff like that. And I think it just it is just a massive, a massive boost that they can use their legs because 
they're smart with their legs and they know how to use it. So I think that, yeah, I think the homes, I think for me, MVP, if he isn't all, I think MVP for me, I would personally give it to him. I don't, I can, I can see maybe, maybe, you mean I think Jefferson, maybe him, maybe Joe Burrow or Hurts, but I think, I think for me, Mahomes is my pick because, you know, let's not forget, he's lost Tyree Kill and he's almost looked a better quarterback because now he's spreading it out more. It's not just the two players and that's it. It's a lot more of a balance and a lot more of a, a lot more of a, Definitely more of a strain, Mahomes, in terms of he's not been off the MVP year where he got 50 touchdowns, but I think we're seeing a lot more of a mature and more composed Mahomes. I think now we're seeing a complete quarterback, and I do think that if he wins second ring with all the stats he's got, you know, three Super Bowls in five years or four years, five straight AFC Championship games at home, I think that he is already, for me, becoming, I think, if he wins on next Sunday... I think you can put him in, in the top five best callbacks of all time. So, so I think Mahomes will be MVP. And I think taking nothing away from him and what he's done, like you say, without Tyreek and stuff, it would have been a lot worse to lose Kelsey rather than Tyreek. Because it's Tyreek's role is almost interchangeable. And if you haven't got one guy doing what Tyreek did, you can have a few different guys filling in, which they have done anyway. But I, I, f- I'm, I feel a bit sorry for Jalen Hurts where he, he had to miss them a few games because the reason the Eagles ground game looks so dynamic and Jalen Hurts puts up 150 on the ground and less than that through the air is because they've been in front in them games. So designed runs, designed plays for him, Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, whoever he wants to run the ball. When he's had to throw the ball through the air, he has took leaps and bounds forward in his game this season. And he's really shown that he is the complete dual threat, better than Lamar Jackson, especially through the air. And I I feel a bit sorry for Jalen Hurts because I think if he never got injured, he would have a massive say um, for MVP. But yeah, I I don't disagree with Mahomes. Yeah, I think Hurts, what I love about watching him and Eagles is that look at the RPO play and I think... that's one thing that he has got really... I think that's one thing he excels in because, you know, that's part of the reason why the run game excels, as you're saying as well, because, you know, the offences aren't... The defence aren't going to know whether he's going to pass or throw. And I think that, since the RPO plays they use, I think it's one of the best in the league. And I think it's um, one of the reasons why their offence has been so successful. I think that uh, Jaden Hurts has just been fantastic. And I think, you know, AJ Brown obviously has been a massive upgrade. And I think we're seeing with him what we've seen with... Diggs with Josh Allen and what we saw in parts this year with Tua when he got Tyreek Hill and I think that you know proves again that if your quarterback's struggling if you give him a big weapon that's the real test and I think Jalen Hurts for me has made such leaps and bounds and I think I think he is I think personally I think he's the coolest man in the NFL I, I think he his personality is so good I think he's such a good personality in the NFL but I think on the field I think he's fantastic and I think that you know I can't really think of a bad game he's had this year. I mean, obviously, I had, obviously had you know Cam and Steve and Ollie are Eagles guests this season. I mean, they probably know more than me, but I don't think I've seen him really have a bad game. I've seen games where he's been just okay, but I don't think I've seen a game where he's actually stunk up the joy. You look at you know Josh Allen struggled against the Bengals and the Dolphins. You look at most callbacks this year; they had at least one game where you know, God, he was bad in that game, but. I mean, I could be wrong. I may have missed a complete obvious game, but I just can't think of a game where he was he was terrible. 
I mean, it's. I think it's been fantastic, and he. And there's there's only other one only other one person one other quarterback in the league you can say the same about Patrick Mahomes. Yes, and that's right. why this game's so good. This is what it's, it's all boiled down to this: these two juggernauts and young guys who use their legs, use their insane heads because they're both so clever. They know when to throw, and you know that they, they know their offense inside out and. They both got good O lines. Uh, I think the Chiefs O line has really stepped up towards the back end as well, and in the playoffs. Um, and yeah, it's it's exciting. It's going to be a good game, I think. Yeah, it really is. And we will get you to do a voice note next week with your prediction, so we'll save that for then. But I, I think that um, you know the O line for the Chiefs. I think what we've seen in the last two years is a massive transformation. Look at the main narrative coming out of Super Bowl Fifty Five against the Buccaneers. Where you know, obviously, everyone the whole main, main talking point was you know, Mahomes wasn't being protected enough, and obviously, they had injuries, and then they sold those players that they missed with through injury. But I think you know, Creed Humphrey, I think, has been one of the biggest steals I can think of the last two years. I mean, he was a I want to say he was a fifth, sixth round, I can't think he, he was picked late in the draft, and he was a player that it basically comes to the league and instantly stepped up. I mean. The whole of that O-line is just fantastic. I think it's a huge contrast between then and now. And I think that that's actually a really interesting battle. I mean, you got a good O-line, maybe the best O-line in the league, at least one of the best O-lines in the league against one of the best D-lines, you know, with what you mentioned earlier with, you know, the likes of um, Hassan Reddick and uh, Sweat and Graham. And I, I think it's a really, I think that's going to be one of the fascinating battles is between the trenches. And yeah, I think this game is going to be fantastic. Um, where are you watching the game out of curiosity? Where are you going to be watching this game? We'll we'll be at home again. So my wife um, has started watching a, a little bit, especially towards the money end of the season, like last year. And she's got a bit of a, a spot for the Bengals because we was out watching one game last season. Then they made the Super Bowl and like she's watched a few playoff games and that. So we'll just watch it at home and... Do do a little bit of uh, Super Bowl food, some chicken wings or something. But yeah, that sounds great. Um, for me, actually, it's a nice change for me this year because I've watched it with um, same sort of friends the last three years or so now, four years since the um, the Rams Patriots one, and before that, it was watching on my own. But I mean, I, I love my friends to death, but only one of them actually knows the rules. So it's that thing of having to explain the rules every two minutes. And it's like, it's obviously, I, I love having to explain the rules. because I love just getting, trying to get people into the NFL, but it can be a bit, sometimes a bit distracting of watching a game. So for me, um, sorry, James, if you're listening or, or Jack, but um, I think I'm going to share with people I've not met before, but I'm going with um, a few people, you know, people like Tom Bolton and a few others who, um, big sort of big parts of the um sort of Jamarcus Bowl League, which I'm in, which is a um 24-man league which was featured on Rich Eisen show. And I've been in this fantasy league last year and we're meeting up in Nottingham. Um so I'm looking forward to meeting them for the first time and actually watching it with people who know what's going on. So I don't have to watch it and explain the rules every um every two minutes. So I'm looking forward to that. Um got my graduation two days before. Um so it's quite a good weekend coming up. So um so yeah. I'm looking forward to a lot. Um, I'm looking forward to the content we're going to bring out to you guys in the next week. We've got Eagles fans we want to bring on the pod. We've got Chiefs fans we've had on the pod before. Got a couple of friends in the show who are going to be out in Arizona. We hope to get some of them 
come on the show and explain their experiences whilst out there. Uh, but yeah, we, we may as well end it there. So um, thank you, Lewis, for coming on, first of all, for our championship game pre, uh, review. Yeah, any anytime, mate. I'm happy to jump on with you and uh, talk a bit of ball. It's always fun, isn't it? Yeah, always a blast, mate. And obviously, anyone who's listening or watching on our YouTube, it's um, you know Lewis's work can be found on Five Yard Rush's Twitter page, and um, he's got some good stuff out there. A lot of throughout the season, fantasy football stuff. You can see a lot of that. Uh, me and you were in a best ball or two. I think two actually best ball leagues this year. And I think you won one, and I think you were fairly top in the other one. Me, me won that one as well. I think I was third or second in one. I think the other one was like sixth or seventh or something yeah i won the um that one that i streamed yeah I yeah I, I almost feel a bit bad about that because it's like i set it up and then i won it but anyway <laughs> and the the other one i lost in the um semi-finals of the playoffs so but you know i i had a decent year all round really so i can't complain too much fair play and well actually whilst ago who's one player from this year you're definitely going to include that next year. And who's one player from fantasy you're going nowhere near next year or this year even? Ooh, that is a great question on the spot as well. So one player, one player I'll be fading completely. I've got to say Zeke. So he was my highest owned player. And I think even if... Dallas don't re-sign Pollard and Zeke takes a restructure. I think they'll bring someone in. There's talk of Bijan going there at 26. The wheels haven't quite fell off, but he's definitely got a couple of punctured tyres. So I'll be leaving Zeke alone, unless it gets to a stupid point in the draft where it's just like, you have to take him. And one player I will be going after is probably KJ Osborne, actually. Because Phelan has shown some regression. There's talks of him not even being in Minnesota. I'd hate to see that. He is Mr. Minnesota to me. Um, I think he'd restructure to almost a minimum, I think, to stay there. But KJ Osborne stepped up towards the back end of the season. I think he can easily be the wide receiver too. Yeah, for me, KJ Osborne someone that I actually, you know, Dynasty League actually took recently. I traded trade away. I traded away. Oh, Jared Goff. Uh, I, bu- I bought in... Actually, I need to change that. I bought in Brock Purdy um, for Jared Goff. Uh, no, Brock Purdy mm. for someone. My, my, I think it was James Robinson. You still might in this league somehow, but I bought in Brock Purdy and then he obviously is injured, so I might have to rethink that. But I actually... Um, Zeke actually was a good option for me that show. I don't think I took him apart from one league. I think most I took him in about four leagues. I think most of them he was my third or second choice back, and I think he was good for that because he gave you he got like you know got touchdowns and like you know short plays in the end zone and stuff like that. But I think he um was good for like he wanted like an extra six, eight points to win you a game in the week. He was quite good for that. But I wouldn't have him as my number one number one back. And I think that Halal, if he stays, is someone I'm definitely gonna be taking in leagues. He's, he was brilliant for me in the league that he was in with me last year. One player I've not yet got is Jefferson in any leagues. I'm, I'm looking forward to trying to get him. Actually, I've not had Chase either. I tend to go from all the 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 Stefan Diggs and the and the Waddles and the um, Cooper Cups when he's fit. But I think Jefferson and Chase are people I'm going to have to look into next year in, in some of the redrafts. Um, but yeah, 
We will end it there. This has been the Across the Pod podcast. I've been Andy, this has been Lewis, and we'll see you guys for our next episode.